You're already cooler than Gary, Lawrence, just quietly. Uh, Gary's pretty cool. <laughs> Subscribe to hey. Simply Bitcoin. Yellow. Hi, Yellow. That's a pretty cool avatar. Welcome, everybody. Welcome in. You made it to another episode of the Meme Factory Podcast. This is Test String, number 52. Anybody who's watched it with any regularity knows there will never be a real stream, only test streams. That way we can't get canceled. This evening, <laughs> we are graced by the presence of Lawrence Leopard. Now... Lawrence lets me call him Larry because we've been friends for the better part of 40 years here. But um, he's, uh, he's, uh, he said the other guys can call him whatever they want. Now, for anybody who doesn't know who you are, Larry, could you give us a, a quick introduction? Yeah, sure. So I uh, just since you your age, I'm 65. I'm a sound money investor. Uh, before, uh, before Bitcoin, I was uh, a gold investor because Bitcoin didn't exist. And I think that uh, central banks are kind of the evil of our time. And the issue that we're addressing in this fourth turning is unsound money. And uh, so I think Bitcoin and gold are natural allies in bringing down the fiat masters. Uh, and I run a fund that focuses on those areas. And then I'm also pretty pretty much a loudmouth on Twitter and a lot of shit posting and taking shots at the central banks, trying to, trying to stir the pot. So that's what drew me to your account in the first place. It was the shit posting. <laughs> Yeah, it's good stuff. All right, now, I mean, you got to laugh. It's a pretty screwed up environment we all live in. You got to have some laughs, right? Unbelievably screwed up, and yeah, laughter is the best medicine. Yeah. Now you are a freshman to our show. Uh, one of the idiosyncratic features of this uh, podcast is that the sponsors require the guests to actually read the ad copy so that we can get paid. And since getting paid is more important than anything else on this podcast. Uh, I've DM'd you the ad copy from the sponsor. If you could go ahead and read that. Uh, yeah, I'd be happy to. I, I love this ad copy. This is fabulous. Okay, so here we go. Hi, everybody. My name is Larry, and this episode of the Meme Factory Podcast, trademark, is brought to you by Paper Gold. Paper Gold is one of the best performing assets of all time, and my new fund, Paper Me Harder Daddy, will finally give our clients unprecedented exposure to this amazing asset class. For centuries, banking institutions have been increasing their bottom line and scooping up distressed assets with this one simple trick. Now the asset managers at Paper, paper Me Hard Day <laughs> Gold can employ this trick for you. What trick am I talking about? Issuing receipts for more gold than we actually have on deposit. But isn't that lying, you might ask? Well, yes. Yes, it is. That doesn't seem legal might be your next observation, and that's a good observation. It's not legal at all. <laughs> But it is also not enforced, so we're making hay while the sun shines. So come join us today and earn 10 times what you have on deposit in your first year while we shuffle some paper around for you here at Paper Gold. All right. Hey. All right. Larry, that was fantastic. Hey, thanks. Yeah. They so, are, uh, they're actually our largest sponsor to date. Um, yeah, right. Well, they... They That's, told uh, they were gonna. They said they were gonna send uh, fifty bitcoins our way. Uh, I don't know if uh, there's a difference between testnet or regular bitcoin, but uh, I'm yeah, excited. Yeah, I, I think you're gonna be waiting a while for those guys. I mean, just to, to put that. I mean, they are the largest largest sponsor. To put in to put in perspective, some of your listeners will I think enjoy this. How much paper gold there is, and how much gold has been suppressed in price. When the when we were on the gold standard pre 1971, you could take a, monet, a major monetary aggregate and you could divide it by the amount of gold the United States had, 
and you came up to about $35, which was the set price from Bretton Woods and, you know, 44. And um, today, if you did the exact same calculation, so in other words, if you imagined we were going back to 100% coverage of the paper that's outstanding with the gold that we hold, the gold price would need to be $80,000 an ounce. And if you check, you can see it's roughly $1,700 an ounce. What that shows you is how much paper we've created, paper money, fake money, fiat money, we've created as against the gold balance the United States owns. And, and that's all been done by the powers that be in an effort to protect their privilege and the contillion effect that they get as a result of controlling the system. It's fucked up. It's way fucked up. It sounds like a hell of a business to be in. Oh, yeah, it's great for them. I mean, you know, as I'm sure many of your listeners saw, J.P. Morgan, you know, paid $900 million worth of fines, and I'm sure that was a fraction of what they earned by manipulating it, you know, during the years, the many years when they've manipulated it. And my sense, my sense is they may still be manipulating it, but that's, that's a different story. Well, I mean, if, uh, if you're only going to get a $900 million slap on the wrist and earning billions upon billions in profits, that's hardly a, a, a stop here, don't do anymore signal, is yeah. it? Yeah, well, the, what I want to know is when somebody going to jail? I mean, when, you know, um, you know, you go steal from a corner store. Well, not today, but, but at least at least until the rule of law fall, fell apart in the United States. Yeah. If you stole, you went to prison. <laughs> but not if you're a white collar criminal. You're, so, you're so Larry uh, Yellow here. How are you? Yeah. Uh, I saw you today. You you were sharing the what everybody said. Like today, everybody's talking about the American government and the report they did about the Bitcoin mining. Yeah, and I how they say it. I, I, yeah, go ahead. Uh, so we see, we see like uh, contradicting uh, uh, signals from the government there. Like uh, the Wall Street guy seems to want to. Uh, uh, use Bitcoin and profit from it. The the government like now are saying proof of work is a bad thing. Maybe <laughs> so. How do you how do you see it? Any comment? Yeah. Well, news development. I, I retweeted that report. I've been so busy today. I haven't had a chance to read it. I did read some of the comments by other Bitcoiners on it. I think there was some good stuff in there, and I think there's some bad stuff in there. I think they did recognize that the. The mining had the ability to maybe balance out load on the network and that was a positive thing but i think they also said that they thought it was a big energy drain and if it continued and wasn't regulated in the right way they should you know come down on proof of work uh as a as a mechanism for securing bitcoin which of course would be an unmitigated disaster and, and highly illegal but that doesn't mean they won't try it so um you know it, it look uh, Brent Santiago had a very good tweet today. He said, you know, anybody who thinks that the government's not going to fight back hard against gold and Bitcoin as alternatives to the U.S. dollar is just being naive. And I strongly agree with that. I mean, uh, you know, the, and I, I know because I've seen it happen. I mean, I've been in the gold trade since the early 80s. And I've seen, you know, the way they change the rules, the things they do. I mean, most many people will, will know, some won't, the, the story of the Hunt brothers. I mean, they had the silver market cornered. They could have They could have brought the whole thing down. And they changed the rules. You know, they, they shut the exchange, made it liquidation only, uh, up the margin requirements, and they bankrupted the hunts. Um, so, you know, you, you, when it comes to, you know, having the reserve currency and protecting the reserve currency, we all have to understand and assume that the people on the other side of this trade are going to play dirty. I mean, they, you know, they do did, it over and over. I mean, look, look you know, did something uh, similar happen right. to you in, in 2008? Didn't you have yeah, a. So they, exactly. I was going to say they, they did it to me. I, 
I was ahead enormously in 2008 by being short the financials. I had I had the Michael Burry trade on, but I didn't really know about CDS. I wasn't and I wasn't big enough, and I couldn't get a, a Wall Street you know derivatives license. But I was short all the things he was short, all the financials. And mm -hmm. uh, in September they outlawed it, and they you know I, they turned what should have been an up 50% year for me into a down 6%. It cost me and my clients millions of dollars. They just changed the rules in the middle of the game, and I mean, but and we see this recently, like with GameStop. You know they. They changed the rules there. I mean, I don't know if you, if you recall, it was earlier, of probably in the last six months. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the zinc thing. I mean, they had, you know, they, the zinc. I thought it was nickel. Was zinc? Or maybe it was nickel. I apologize. Yeah. You're right. It was nickel. I'm, I've got zinc on the mines. I'm in a zinc miner. But it's all right. I, yeah. ac I accept your apology. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, but but the point is, you know, they, they were in trouble. They couldn't deliver, and they changed the rules. And so this is, you know, this is standard operating procedure for these guys. So, you know, they're going to fight dirty and, and they've got control of the internal mechanisms, right? Well, they're going to fight dirty. You know, history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes with the GME trade, the nickel trade, the CDS right. trade, all that fun right. stuff. So is there anything about Bitcoin that makes it different from those other yeah, assets? Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely better. I mean, we can see the chain. We know where they are, you know, uh, et cetera. But it's not some Bitcoiners think, oh, because of that. And, you know, it's absolutely positively unmanipulatable. And, and that, in my opinion, that's not completely accurate or completely true. And the reason is because there is, just like there's paper gold, I mean, the, the GLD, you know, gold ETF, I believe, was established to suck off demand for gold. So people would want to buy gold, they'd buy GLD. GLD wouldn't really go buy the actual physical gold. They'd just collect the money and say, we're going to mark you up or down based on what the gold price does. Okay. Um, and, and so it's a derivative. It's a derivative of the underlying metal. Um, the same thing is going on in Bitcoin, not nearly to the scale that it's gone on in gold. But if you go to Glassnode and you can find the actual amount of Bitcoin derivatives, there's paper Bitcoin. I mean, all of us who are Bitcoiners are smart enough to know that if you don't have the keys, it's not your coins. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but there are people who are willing to buy a futures contract on Bitcoin. The CME trades them. There are people who are willing to do private, you know, paper Bitcoin transactions. And if the paper market were ever to become large enough, I mean, in the gold space, we believe the paper market is probably 100 times the size of the physical market. And so they're really running a, a huge fractional reserve gold market, which if if we were to, it's like musical chairs. If the music were to stop and everyone who thinks they own gold was to say, give me my ounces, there wouldn't be enough ounces at this price. They declare force majeure and they say, sorry, we're going to sell it, you know, GLD, Get settled out at you know. Let's say let's say for example. Can we back that Russia, up just one second? Yeah. I don't know what force majeure means. Okay, it means it means the rules have changed. Exceptional. So it's what they did to the hunts. Okay. It means the, the rules have changed. Exceptional circumstances. Sorry, you know, thanks for playing, but we changed. It's what they did to me on the on the short, you know, short uh, the financials. They just changed the rules in the middle of the game. So what they could do is they could say let, let's say tomorrow, you know the. Um, Russia and China said we're we're going we're moving to gold standard. We're going to price gold at ten thousand dollars an ounce. Okay, so suddenly everyone who owns gold would think, oh, gee, my gold just went up in value five x. Well, the GLD, recognizing they don't have the gold they say they have, could say, oh, sorry, force majeure. Rules have changed. We'll pay you out at yesterday's price. So if it, if your gold mm. is at seventeen hundred dollars, we'll send you a check for seventeen hundred dollars, and you just missed the the five x appreciation wow. that took place as a result of the revaluation. And so, so as I say, Bitcoin has the risk of having some of this happen as long as derivatives around. Having said that, the good news is 
and 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 there are there are derivatives players operating in the gold market to hammer it at certain times, and it's been you know this is why J.P. Morgan was so heavily fined for manipulating gold. But gold is easier to manipulate because it doesn't go up five x in five months. I mean, you know, and and so if 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 somebody gets on the wrong side of the trade, I mean, I think for national security reasons, you know, the the Treasury and others behind the scenes bail out somebody who's short gold if they went short gold at a time when the government told them to go short gold. Well, and, and also settlement in gold takes a lot more time. And than it the, does the for settlement takes more time as well. But, you know, gold doesn't go up 5x in six months. So when Bitcoin, and as you recall, in the fall of 2020, Bitcoin went from 10 to 50. You know, so in a very short period of time, you had a 500% appreciation. That makes it less easy to manipulate. Because if you, if you want to, you know, if you're told by the government to get on the short side of Bitcoin to hold the price down, and Bitcoin does a five-bagger, you're in <laughs> deep shit unless the government bails you out. Right. Whereas in the gold market, if gold goes up 30 percent, you're underwater. Government says, don't worry, we're going to bring it back down and recover your loss. You can do it. So, as I say, and, and, and they've had, you know, they've had a lot of time to perfect the gold manipulation scheme. And Bitcoin has come on the scene very quickly, moved quickly. And I, I got to tell you, I'm almost positive that when Bitcoin went from 10 to 50,000, you know, there were alarm bells going off in every finance center in the world. Like, holy shit. This is a wild beast. We got to get this under control. And do you uh, think that they think it's under control now? Uh, I don't know. I I don't know that they do, but I do know that they're active. I mean, one of the things, and Caitlin pointed this out with a great chart she tweeted not that far back. One Caitlin Jenner. Uh, no, um, Caitlin uh, <laughs> Long. Yeah, right. Caitlin Long, who runs Custodia. Um, the. The last cycle didn't go as high as it should have gone. It was truncated from what she can see. And it yeah. looks like they had, a, they, they, they had a lot of guys trading it as an alternative to the triple Qs. And so... Um, the triple Qs so being uh, ETFs of the major U.S. Yeah, the ETF of all, yeah, of all the, big, of the big tech stocks. So, um, you know, it, it's... Wall Street had definitely gotten into the game. And once Wall Street brings in the leverage... You know, then they they can you know they can play the game and and they were and are, so it's you know it, it's not manipulation free is my is I guess the point I'm making. I don't think I think ultimately, you know, there's a fixed number of coins and I don't think they can build a derivative wall quickly enough to hold it down. And I think on the next, you know, the next run of sound money assets is going to you know shake them to the core because, you know, I believe in the next run we'll go to two hundred thousand a coin. So, if you if you had to and Rusty, I see your hand. Hi, Rusty, we're coming to you. <laughs> but if you uh, if you have to guess when the next run is gonna come, uh, considering all the crazy stuff happening in the world, yeah, um, it's very very hard to guess. It's just it's it's nothing but a guess. But I, yeah. I'm pretty sure within the next year, and I and I think maybe within the next six months, and. Oh, really? In terms of how it's likely to unfold. And you're saying this with 100% confidence, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I said it's a guess. But, that, but uh, that, uh, I, I expected uh, not that uh, soon, actually. Yeah, that's... yeah. Okay. I say it with pretty high confidence. The reason is Europe's blowing apart, but mm. we'll get yeah. to that in a minute. The, the issue that I think is going on is that, um, uh, you know, the, the right now, everyone thinks we can return to a low inflation environment and we can't and we won't 
And once that changes and or once the economy and the markets start to break in a way that causes the Federal Reserve to blink, you know, our stuff's going to take off like crazy. And I would point out, it's my opinion that gold will lead. If you actually look at the 2019 and 2020 period, gold took off. I had friends who were 100% Bitcoin. I was about half and half personally. I was balanced. And, and it was very frustrating because the gold was working great in 2019, 2020. Gold could smell what was coming. Bitcoin was just kind of sitting there, it was bouncing around between five and ten, driving us all nuts. And so gold, gold they hit an all-time high in in the summer of 2020. I remember that exactly. It had an all-time high at 2050 in the summer of 2020. Yep. And then so so but Bitcoin was going nowhere, and everyone in Bitcoin land was like, "What the hell? Gold's taking off. Our shit's not." And then suddenly Bitcoin came running from behind and went from you know ten to fifty, and all the gold guys were like, "Holy shit! Look at that." <laughs> And so my point is gold is being more widely distributed and I think having a better nose for what's going on, it'll move first. So if you're a Bitcoiner, what I think you ought to do is you ought to root for gold to take out 2000 with authority. And I think when it does, you know that Bitcoin's going to follow and go much farther and faster. So um, gold has bumped up against 2000 a bunch of times and they're, all the algos are set to program 2000 as the top, 2050-ish as the top. Gold hit 2000 in, uh, most people don't know this, in 2011. And then it corrected from 2000 down to 1000 in 2015. And then it went back up to a 2000 level in 2020, um, coming out of the COVID thing when they printed like crazy. And then it touched it one more time early this year. So there's no such thing as a triple top. So we're going through 2000 on gold. And when we do, it's gonna be game on. And at that point, gold's gonna squirt up to 2500 or 3000. I think by then Bitcoin will be trading in the thirty to forty thousand dollar range, and then it'll do the typical Meyer multiple of five x the average, which is running about forty thousand right now. So that'll take it. It'll it'll squirt from forty up to two hundred. That's my opinion. Um, I think uh, Larry. I think Rusty might have an aneurysm if we ignore him much longer. Uh, Rusty, do you have a question? Hi, Rusty. Hey, Rusty. Rusty, you've oh, got your morning. hand up. If you'd like to ask a question, that was a great time. Thanks, Pedro. Hey, hey, hey Leza. Um, so I was wondering about the Bitcoin ETF, um, and uh, so if a spot ETF comes along, is it just going to cause this more paper issues, or is it going to, or, or is it going to fix it a little bit, uh, or well, is it going to do the same thing as GLD? Yeah, so that's a great question, right? And I have a theory about this. I don't know if it's right, but it's my belief that that's why they're letting. You know, that's what BlackRock. BlackRock's when they've been pushing back on GBTC, I actually happen to think the GBTC guys are honest and they have the coins they say they have. I mean, I know it's not your keys, not your coins, but I think they really legitimately have those those coins um, because I know the people there. Um, BlackRock, on the other hand, I know they're not honest at all. They're very dishonest. And so, and, and they're, you know, getting into Bitcoin, starting, the clients are pushing them into it, et cetera. I think there's a good possibility that they will actually be granted the first uh, ETF and, and, you know, that tells you something, right? Because it'd be very easy for them to suck money in there and not buy the coins. Just rehypothecate. Yeah, just rehypothecate. I mean, it's it's paper Bitcoin, right? I mean, they they you know, we'll have to read the prospectus when it comes out. But if you read the GLD prospectus, what you see is that they have the ability to buy futures and contracts and have counterparties and everything else. And you know, it's not that GLD has no gold. They obviously have gold. It's just that they also have a lot of contracts from other people to deliver gold to them. And guess what? Some of those other people look like Lehman Brothers. So that when gold goes to 10,000, they're not going to deliver the gold. So, you know, and that's why they're going to have to declare force majeure. 
Yeah, I think I think like uh, Kraken, if I'm not mistaken, they they actually did a proof of reserve, so they 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 showed how much Bitcoin that they have, and there's right. there's other places that have done that as well. So it'll be interesting when you have enough big exchanges that show proof of reserve and show how much Bitcoin they have, and then you could actually see from how much Bitcoin is mined and how much Bitcoin we know are in some big reserves. Uh, you could actually see if someone's putting a naked short on Bitcoin, or if there's so much paper Bitcoin out there. That's more than what's ever been mined and what other people have in reserve. And you'll be able to tell that pretty fast. No, that's right. And that, that is one of the big advantages that Bitcoin has over gold, that you've got this ledger that you can see and that you've got these futures. I'm not quite sure where Glassnode's getting its data, but I'm, I'm led to believe that it's pretty good. And yeah, I mean, look, it, if you look at the amount of Bitcoin float that is out there, it's really not that large. Yeah. I mean, you know, there, there are a large number of the coins that haven't moved in over a year. We've got to assume the 21 million, and we've got to assume that maybe three or four million of them are lost, right? Because of people yeah. early days, people lost their, their, you know, their keys. So, you know, we're and, talking and maybe yellow a, lost his keys too. Yeah, we're talking yeah, a float of, you know, maybe a couple million coins. That's actually so, a question I have on that, uh, Larry. If I, if I may. Sure. Uh, back then, in when uh, Martin Gox was like 90% volume of the Bitcoin uh, ecosystem back then, and everybody understood that they don't have the keys right, right. Uh, the 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 price of mount mount, mount gox and everybody elsewhere like all the other exchanges like decoupled so no. if something similar happened with uh, a so-called black rock uh, spot etf that rehypothecates like crazy like is it possible to see a price decoupling there too i think so i mean it's you know Look, an ETF could always, in theory, decouple. I mean, GBTC is a closed-end fund. It's been, it has been decoupled. It trades at a 20 to 30 percent discount, even though I believe they have the coins. But, but yeah, I mean, it's. Um, look, I, 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 again, I think the best thing we can all do, if we want to keep the price of Bitcoin pure, you know, what we should encourage everybody who's participating in it to do is get their coins out of the exchanges and into their own self-custody you know, cold storage, um, because that's what's really going to, you know, I mean, then they can't take them away. And sure, you know, they can they can create paper Bitcoin to maybe pr push prices down. But that doesn't necessarily mean that, uh, that that's the real price. I mean, I said that on a podcast that was on earlier today. I mean, to me, you know, the, the price of everything today is wrong. I mean, we know that because the, the money's broken. So you don't really know what the real value of anything is today. And so, you know, what you've got to kind of think about it, I mean, pretend like you're Warren Buffett, like you don't get to trade for the next five years, right? All the prices are wrong. You know, what do you, what do you want to put in your, in your house or in your basket of investments and that you know when you wake up in five years, you'll be okay, right? Beanie and, babies. Yeah, right. Well, whatever it might be. I mean, food, you know, a house, you know, guns, uh, you know, things like that. Those are all very useful things to have, a car, et cetera. But, but I think when it comes to financial assets, I mean, to me, it would be gold, silver, Bitcoin. I mean, I know what they are. They're not changing. You know, they, they represent money and they will always represent money in my view. And in the case of Bitcoin, you know, you've got not only the fact that it's the soundest money ever devised and, and you know, it's technologically superior to gold, but you've also got the fact that it's on a big adoption curve and they're 8 billion people on the planet. 
and I don't know what, you know, it's hard to know the exact number, but maybe a hundred million on some Bitcoin, maybe 200 million. I've heard I mean, numbers like 10 and 25% thrown out. And is that, are they talking about like percentage of the total population in the world or? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I can't imagine that. I mean, I 10% either. of the world would be. Yeah, but mo most, most people who own Bitcoin, they own a couple hundred bucks, right? Most people aren't like pushed all in or a high percentage of the portfolio. It's just like, hey. I want to I want to flip a hundred into a thousand, right? That's right. I mean, look, there's there aren't enough of them for every million. I mean, what, I think are there thirty million millionaires in the world. I think there are at least thirty million millionaires. I mean, there aren't even enough. After this inflation, there might be sixty. I don't know. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. You might be right. But the, but the point is that not even every millionaire can have one coin. I mean, not there's going to come a time. I mean, our grandkids or our kids or whatever. I mean, it's you know, or maybe even just us in ten or twenty years are going to say, "Holy shit, you got a whole coin? Yeah. I mean, what the fuck?" How'd you do that? I'm saying that to people now. Yeah. <laughs> Even now. Even now, it's crazy. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, right? I mean, so, yeah, it's, um, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm with Foss. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure these things are going to be worth more than a million dollars a coin. Now, you know, it, it gets really tricky because, you know, if gasoline's $100 and your coin's worth a million, I mean, it's, you know, you, you haven't it's exactly, made, made, yeah, you've got, you've had a lot of, you know, you've had a lot of uh, slippage in terms of in, inflation, but. But the point is, even in today's dollars, I'm sure these things are going up between 10 and 100x today's value. I'm just, I'm very confident of it. And you said that but, it's in the next six months, right? Well, I wish it was in the next six months. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's where I could be dead ass wrong. I mean, this, this could take longer. I mean, I, so I got into it in 2013. I bought a few and then I started running and I bought some, I, I kind of bought them consistently from 14 to 17. Of course, I, I really loaded up in 17, the top of and Thanksgiving of 17, I thought it was a genius. I was buying them at 17,000, right? I'm like, fuck, this thing's going to 100. I got to get more of them. So I was. And, and of course, then it, you know, then it crapped out. The next year it was down to 10. And I thought, oh, shit. It's, but I doubled down. And, and, then, and then, as you recall, the next year, the first part of the following year, it went down to 3,500 or 3,900. Yeah. And I doubled down again. Yeah. And my thought, pat my thought pattern was just, you know, look, this thing's either going to work or it's not. And, you know, if, if you study all great investors, what they all have in common is they have the, you know, they're willing to take a risk where you can only lose one X and you can make multiples of one X. And so if, you know, depending upon what you think the probabilities of the thing working are, and this is, I was a venture capitalist before I got into the sound money trade. If you think, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a great model where if something can make between two and a hundred X on the upside and all you can lose is one X, you know, even if it's not a certainty, if you get enough bets that look like that and some of them work, you're going to get way ahead. And so that's the thing that's, you know, when I doubling down, I thought, well, look, I'm in for this amount and I can afford to lose that. And if, you know, if I paid 17 for one of these, I should certainly pay 3,500 for the same number of them. And I just bought that and I just sat there for a long time. And, you know, it took a, it took a while. I mean, there were a bunch of years where really, you know, didn't go much, didn't go much of anywhere. And, it was kind of bouncing around, you know, between three or four and, and seven or eight, you know, for much of 2019, 2020. But but then, of course, it caught fire again. And and that'll happen again. I mean, it's the pattern, you know, in, in something like this. I, my my observation is the best way to trade an asset like this is you look at the you, you look at how it's traded in the past. And the hardest thing about this asset is that you can have these 70 or 80 percent drawdowns. And obviously, if you get shaken out of them. And that's why I think it's it's very irresponsible when people say, "Well, I'll go get levered up and buy this damn thing." I mean, no, 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 no. You got to understand what it is. You got to understand what it might do. Yeah. And when I get people interested in it, I always try to tell them to dollar cost average into it. 
or to buy when the Meyer multiple is 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 in their favor. And that's a, I'm sure you guys are familiar with this. It's on Twitter called if you Google Tip yeah. Meyer, T I P Meyer. You know the the Meyer multiple is the 200 day moving average and Tip look at the price the investors podcast. I want to make sure. Yeah, Dig it. right. You, Preston yeah, exactly. so, Fish made it with uh, Trace Mayer. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, you look at the price compared to the 200-day moving average, and right now, you know, we're in a zone where it is compared to its 200-day moving average in the entire life of Bitcoin, it's only been this cheap four percent of the time. So, in other words, 96 percent of its life, Bitcoin has been more expensive compared to its moving average. That's buy a buy. I mean, that's a you know. Now, you know, and I've been just kind of, I kind of consistently DCA through, I use Swan, um, but every week I buy some. So, um, you know, it, it's, but it's hard. I mean, it, it, look, you would never want to have all your you money. Should, in you should uh, try Coinbits. You should way. absolutely try Coinbits. <laughs> okay. I will. Yeah. No, no, no. Are they no. one of your sponsors? I know, I know of no. them. And I've been on, I've been on that thing a couple of times. They're good folks. I, I like them. In fact, I met them at, um, I was at Bitblock Boom. And I met them. I really like them a lot. They're good guys. Coinbase? Coinbase. Oh, you said Coinbase or Coinbase? Coinbase. Coinbase. Oh, Sean. Yes, Sean. Jeez. Sean. Why would we ever recommend Coinbase? Mute him, Greg. Can you mute him? I'm muting him right now. Jesus. Coinbase is the worst. Oh, my God. The service of Coinbase. Yeah, that guy's a bad guy. That company deserves to fail. I hate Mr. Coinbase, too. Yeah. Rusty. I put your hand down yeah. earlier. I thought you forgot to put it down. Sorry. You got another one? No, I, I saw you. I saw you put my hand down. I was wondering who that was. Yeah. No. Um. I was asking uh, uh, Lawrence, what other shiny rocks have you been into, or are you like <laughs> in the gold world? Are you like a gold maximalist? Uh, no, no. I'm into silver too. Um, you know, so they're, they're different. Oh, silver's got industrial uses. Do your do your fellow gold guys like call you seed coiner? <laughs> <laughs> He's not a gold maxi. I'm not a gold maxi. No, silver's He's good. Silver. I mean, it's, it's but they're really they're really an. It's like gold's more. Litecoin. Yeah, it's not really a comparable to 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 yeah. It's, the 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 thing about silver that makes it different from gold. So all the gold that's ever been made. Gold doesn't have a whole lot of uses, actually, other than jewelry. You know, some people say it's used in industry. Not very much. I mean, really, the gold, gold is used for jewelry or it's used for money or, you know, antiquities or whatever. So those are the two uses. Silver, on the other, and, and we got a lot of it. We got 20,000 tons, 200,000 tons. More or less, all the gold we've ever mined in the history of the world is still somewhere being used unless it got sunk in a shipwreck, right? So you see it in churches and you see it in, you know, everybody's got it. Silver, on the other hand, We've only got about so so we've got multiple years stockpile of gold. It's a very high stock and a very low flow. We we mine about one percent one point seven percent of the stock every year. Silver, on the other hand, is something. It's a metal that gets used. It's it's very good. It's used in medicine. It's used in solar. It's used in electricity, electrical applications, etc. There are a lot of uses for it. And so we don't have a big stockpile of it because we're always using it. And so. You know, we mine about 900 million ounces of silver a year. There's, a, there's generally speaking about a billion ounces of silver above ground. But, and it's not easy to add capacity like gold. You know, we're mining, it's growing every year, the amount we mine. But, um, but the point I'm making here is that it's not, there's not a big stock. So more like oil, you know, that's getting used, you know, just a little change in the flow or a little change in the demand. And man, the price goes zooming. So 
you know, the typical rule of thumb is silver will kind of do 3x what gold does. So if gold goes up 10%, gold, silver will go up 30%. I mean, they're both precious metals, but silver is kind of the wild child. And, you know, and in turn, in a, you know, in a downturn, silver will go down more too. And if the, if the industrial demand for, you know, in a, in a depression, gold will actually hold its value better because it's something you go to when you're afraid, you know, and your, your fear of loss is high, you might buy gold. Whereas silver, because it's being used in things, if, if we have a depression and we're making less cars, less solar panels, less everything, there's less demand for silver. So the price of silver will fall faster. So, so uh, we, we got a question from the chat, uh, yeah. Mr. J Mr. James Lavish. <laughs> I know James. Yeah, he says, uh, he said, ask, ask Larry if he remembers where he was when they discovered gold. <laughs> I remember where I was when I when they discovered gold. Jeez. Lavish is mad, you're just going to lap him in view count. Yeah, I, wow, that's, that's a tough question. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think gold was first discovered in, uh, in uh, Turkey, in, in Lydia, in like 5000 BC, there was a guy. Do you remember that? What's that? <laughs> Jesus <Yeah>. Christ. <laughs> okay, this oh. Yeah, there was a guy there who was the first guy to, to uh, pour gold coins, Greece's. as far as we know. Yeah, exactly. Historically. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the thing that the thing to keep in mind, I always tell gold bugs this is, you know, even before gold existed, man was keeping ledgers. You know, the caves in France, the ancient caves in France with all the cavemen in them. I mean, they're, they have sticks. They were counting something. You know, I killed a few deer. You owe me one. Somebody was keeping score. And really, money is nothing more than a way of keeping score. And so a lot of gold people get hung up on the fact, well, there's no, there's no value in Bitcoin because there's nothing physical to it. And I say, yeah, there's a lot of value in it because it's, a, it's an immutable ledger. Have they and ever been to really... a mining facility? Jesus. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Somebody. Yeah. It's a lot of it's a lot of work to keep score. Yes. So, I, yeah. Right. So, so uh, well, I mean, speaking of coin bits, right? Uh, Safety's. I think Safety works with coin bits, right? Yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, and he wrote the book called the the Fiat Standard. And yep. It seems like a lot of times, I mean, you've mentioned right that that the money is broken. The current money that we oh, have yeah. is broken. It seems like one of the biggest issues for people to understand sound money. Uh, uh, especially Bitcoin, because they think of digital internet money, it's this advanced thing. But one of the biggest issues is just understanding what's broken about the fiat system, what's broken about fiat money in general. What what made you understand that the money was broken or how did you ever get to that to that point to understand about the yeah, money? Yeah, well, I, I've read I've read both of his books and I think the fiat, they're both great books. Um, obviously, I think the, the better understanding of that, well, you can get it out of both, but the, the Bitcoin standard itself really is what started started it you know in terms of explaining it to to the younger generation prior to that it was the austrian economists who educated me about the dangers and issues associated with unlimited credit creation and you know the 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 lack of um discipline that becomes apparent once you start getting into fractional reserve gold and fractional reserve credit i mean von mises and rothbard and all these guys wrote books you know kind of i mean and, the, and their interpretation, I mean, the Great Depression is kind of, you know, the economic, um, I don't know how to describe it, it's like it was the economic Super Bowl of the last 200 years, right? I mean, the Great Depression, I mean, that's what Bernanke wrote his, his PhD thesis on, and everybody is kind of like, holy shit, the Depression, how'd that happen? Can't let that happen again. And and they all had an interpretation. Surprise! Of it, which, <laughs> yeah, 
I, yeah, it's going to happen again. But they all had an interpretation of it, which is, hey, you know, um, you know, we didn't print enough money because we could have solved it by printing more money. And the, the, the Austrian interpretation of the same event is, no, 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 it was the printing of money that let it happen because you guys created a credit boom in order to, you know, you started World War One. Uh, Britain went off the gold standard. Um, so sound money was lost there when the pound was really the national, the world reserve currency. You know, you started a war and spent a lot of money unnecessarily, and then that just continued and you papered it over, and that created the enormous boom that became the Roaring Twenties, which then led to the, the crash of, of, of 29 and all that credit destruction. And it wasn't about not printing enough money. It was that you let the, you let the, the, the monetary medium become ungrounded, um, whereas prior to that, throughout the entire 1800s, you know, gold was money, period. And, you know, there was some credit, but there wasn't nearly the credit that existed, you know, following World War One. And so um, that's really the, you know, the, the basis of my understanding that I mean, if you kind of look at the 1800s, you know, and you study it and economists study it, you see that that was a period of time where prices really didn't move very much. I mean, you know, things that cost $10 in 1810 cost $10 in 1890. It's kind of stunning. Yeah. Um, and, and yet, you know, the, the standard of living, so it was, it was mildly deflationary during that period. And yet the standard of living, the entire world went up enormously. And people were generally speaking kind of dirt poor farmers in 1810. And by the late 1800s, you know, we'd had a mini industrial revolution and everyone's life, you know, the standard of everyone's life had gone up substantially. And, and that was all based on sound money. And then, you know, the Fed came along and well, the Britain, Britain went off the gold standard, World War II happened, the Fed came along all at about the same time. And we entered this age of, of credit inflation, which, you know, it just with each step has gotten worse. I mean, at least, you know, prior to 71, you know, there was a semi-international peg, you know, set up, you know, by the Bretton Woods, you know, agreement where we had gold and that gold backed the dollar. But after 1971, then there were no restraints. And, you know, you can see all this in all the charts of the growth of the money supply, et cetera. I mean, it's just, you know, it's uh, there's a great site. I'm sure you guys have been to it, the WTF 1971, right? Yeah, what yeah, the yeah. fuck happened in 1971? I mean, <laughs> you know, then it really got rolling. And then, of course, 2008 was the next one where they bailed out all the financial players. And then 2020 and COVID was the next one. And, you know, we just got this series of rolling, you know, monetary, you know, mistakes and events. And they keep getting larger and larger. And, you know, the final one is going to completely destroy fiat currency and mankind is going to look around and go, OK, what are we going to use for money? And the two choices are gold and Bitcoin. And Bitcoin will ultimately be the right choice. But there's, in my opinion, there's a possibility that there's some interim time where gold is used as well. Now, Larry, before you get any further on that, I want to talk about the future of Bitcoin and gold. And I want to talk about the future of Bitcoin and gold as it relates to the past. And I know you're a... Uh, historian both when it comes to uh, economics I don't know a whole lot about what happened with India and China and the silver standard versus the gold standard other than Gresham's law uh, being that right. sound money pushes out the unsound money what what drove those two countries to use a silver standard when the rest of the world was using a gold standard and then how did that backfire on them yeah, that's a great question. Safe talks about this in his book, and it's it's what suggests that ultimately Bitcoin will win and gold will fail. But but it took time. I'm not quite sure why those countries made the decisions they made. And 
but I do know that 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 gold was the superior form of money, in and and it goes back to stock to flow. It was a higher stock as a, as opposed to flow, and that generally is what you know. The hardest money is the money that, you know, that has the lowest stock to flow by definition. I mean, it's that's Gresham's law. Um, you know, we're looking at it kind of through the backwards lens. Um, I'm not quite sure why those countries made those decisions, um, but they did. And as a result of that, you know, Britain and all the other countries that chose gold as their sound money, you know, really came to dominate, um, you know, countries that chose, chose silver as sound money. But you have to remember that silver did work at certain times. I mean, there was a lot less gold and, you know, the, the Spanish, you know, first the Portuguese and then the Spanish, you know, they had the reserve currency of the world and they had a lot more silver than gold. So they both kind of worked. And, you know, Dan Oliver, who's done a lot of work on this, and I've had a lot of conversations about the two and why one wins, why the other doesn't. And they both kind of, they do tend to trade together. And it's not as though silver became worthless. It just didn't hold its own against gold. And, um, you know, in, 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 in the past, a lot of the way people viewed it, I think, was that gold was the money for big transactions and silver was day-to-day -day money. And because... You know, it's I mean, if, if anyone's ever tried to pay for something big with silver, I mean, you got to bring a pickup truck, um, whereas you can put a million dollars worth of gold into a briefcase. So um, so silver kind of became the money of the common man and gold became the money of big transactions. So but but the point you're raising is a good one and safe raised it and others have raised. It, and that is that ultimately the hardest money wins and gold was harder than silver, you know. And how does that play into what's happening today? And I'm not necessarily talking about Bitcoin. I'm talking about um, money. What are you talking about? I'm talking about uh, commodities, commodity money. So, uh, recently, yeah, Rusty has a question. Specifically, uh, Russia getting kicked off of the gold standard. Okay, Greg, but Rusty has a question. Gold you know what, you're right, you know what, right. Rusty has a question. Rusty has a question. U.S. Treasury standard. Yeah, it just sounded like you were, were struggling there for a second, so I thought I'd jump in with my question. <laughs> um, uh, so we had a mail-in question today from a colleague that couldn't be with us um, today. Uh, Bitcoin Becca, you might not know her because you currently have her blocks, which we can, which we can maybe talk about later in the stream. But uh, but I was wondering, she had a question. Her question reads: um, If he says anything about increasing gold supply, uh, sorry, if if anything about if he says anything about increasing gold production is easy, so let's just shut the fuck up because the mines are seriously struggling in hiring workers. Uh, not really a question, but... Um, and she wonders why she's blocked. <laughs> uh, yeah, but... no, I, would, I would never suggest that... I would never suggest that increasing gold supply is easy. And, and yeah, the miners have had a lot of trouble getting, uh, getting workers of late. Um, you know, it, it takes a long time to go from, you know, the drill bit to gold coming out of the plant. I mean, it... You know, in maybe the best case, best, best, best case, it's three or four years. And, and that's only in certain parts of Africa where permit is easy. Um, in most parts of the development world, it's 10 plus years. You make a gold discovery that the time that that discovery starts to make a, you know, in, gets into production is 10 years. 
When you when so, you're saying the, uh, at some parts of Africa that the permit is easy, you yeah. actually mean you actually mean like there's no safety guards about the workers and nobody gives a fuck. Well, not necessarily. I mean, most of the most of the companies who run in that area, I mean, it's not good business to not care about your workers. Um, I'm just saying that these countries are actually pretty streamlined, and they know what gold mining is, and they they're you know they know that. I mean, they're looking at people who are dirt poor, who are living on a dollar a day, and that if they turn them into gold miners, they're going to have, you know, food for their families. And so they don't fuck around. They, you know, you make a discovery, you go to the, you know, the, the mining ministry, you say what you're going to do, you show them a good plan and they accept it. I mean, that that process can happen in under a year in certain countries in Africa, whereas that process in Canada is typically five years. And it could be the same in the United States. It's just, It's actually the same in, in most developed countries, even Brazil, Mexico. Due to environmental reasons. Well, I mean, perhaps, but not necessarily. I mean, it's, it's not like there's, it, it, it's, it, yeah, it's just regulation. It's not like there, you know, there, there are a lot of people who have their hands out, you know, to, to get paid along the way. I mean, I don't think the mining that they're doing in Africa is unsafe or environmentally unsound. I mean, most of the companies have committed to international standards they get audited and they have to hold themselves to those i think it's just a matter of you know the these um i mean it's you know the other thing is you, you get greens i mean you, you know you've got i mean most places you know and even these are in remote places where there's nobody there um there's somebody shows up somebody some ngo shows up and says we don't want to mine here you know even though it's going to provide employment and it's not going to damage the environment yeah that's why i mentioned it actually because in uh the 10 years of austerity uh, we had here in Greece, like all of a sudden, like a bunch of Canadian gold uh, companies came to Greece and bought like a whole mountains to mine gold. So what happened basically is like for 10 years now, everybody around is like protesting about the environment and no gold is mined. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now that's Eldorado with the Scurries project. I mean, yeah. it's, been ter- it's been terrible. I mean, you know, I know, I mean, look, the, the, There are, there have been, it's not, I'm not saying all miners are great. I'm not saying in the past there haven't been terrible environmental abuses because there have, but you know, these companies are very heavily audited. You know, they've got ESG yeah, policies, yeah. they've got boards of directors, they've been sued many, many times. I mean, you know, to, these gold mines today are clean. I mean, they, they are really clean and um, you know, but that doesn't seem to matter, you know, when you've got Greta's running around, you know, fighting <laughs> you on it. Right. I mean, it's, you know so it, it seems like the like nowadays with fiat right as it's getting closer to to going to a you know hyperinflation or blowing up that you have to have a crisis to have an excuse to print money do you think that we're kind of in the age of endless crises until the money really blows up or i kind of do i mean it's yeah so let's go to europe right look what's going on there with all the rate you know the the Can, yeah, we put a, can we put a pin in that? Because I want to add yeah. on to Sean's question. Yeah, you, sure. You recently said that uh, we'll do all the wrong things economically before we do all the right things. So I want to see right. what kind of wrong things we should look out for as you give this explanation. Yeah, sure. Well, Britain has done the first one, right? So, you know, okay. Oh. Right. So, you know, Nord Stream shut down or... or Or as our <laughs> as our as our presidential spokesperson, they shut uh, down Nordstrom. <laughs> <laughs> did he really? Did you guys, did who you said guys that? that tweet? Wait, yeah. who said that? You didn't see that? Oh, yeah. you got to go to my t- you got to go to my timeline. 
Oh, Somebody God. said they shut down. They shut down Nordstrom One. Wow! Said, oh my God, <laughs> the first one would be really pissed when they close down Neiman Marcus. So, <laughs> the, the, the woman who's who's Biden's press. Um, oh person yeah, 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 yeah. Said that it was on Twitter. It was hilarious. Oh, shit. The same woman that said we had like uh, 10,000 10, million unemployed or new jobs or something. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, people. So the, the point is that. Uh, where was it? So, so Europe's a mess, and electrical costs are going crazy, and, and we're all seeing these tweets from people who own pubs and yeah. you know, businesses in England, and they're all seeing you know three, four, five, six x increase in their electrical costs, I and mean, they're going to go bankrupt if they can't get subsidies. And we now have a new a female prime minister in England, and she comes in and and she does what probably is the right thing to do. I mean, she she really has no choice, and she said, look, you know, we're we're gonna the government is going to subsidize everybody and we're not going to, you know, you're going to pay your first 2,500 of electrical bills and we're going to pay the rest. And, you know, that's going to cost us 130 billion pounds and we're going to do it for at least two years. For now, and, it'll, it'll cost that much for now. Well, that's the point, right? That's the really good point. And, and that happens to be 5% of GDP, which wow. of course we don't really have, but we'll print. And, you know, the 5% will become 10% and the 10% will become 15 or 20%. And, you know, and it'll seem normal. And if and a policy enacted like that, it's like you can't take it back. Right. Yeah. And right. so, you know, so so now I mean, and, and you're doing it by printing money rather than trying to figure out a supply response would be, OK, no. How about we have a Manhattan project where we try and build 50 nuclear reactors and, and generate a lot more electricity out of something that's safe and cheap, like nuclear, you know, like nukes. Um, you know, so so the problem is you know you just you get people condition this i mean we had all those gifts that we gave out during COVID. you know now we just uh, canceled a lot of student debt i mean you know they're coming after the rest of the student debt and that'll get canceled too and i mean pretty soon everybody's got their hand out and the government can't really say no and so i mean you saw california was talking about they were going to hand subsidy checks to people to help pay for high gas prices <laughs> yeah. you know i mean it's like and they're you know we're doing spending bills to fight inflation yes with, mo with money that we don't have makes total so, sense <laughs> yeah right, makes total sense. so so we're so we're well into the point at which all of these things are going to seem normal and justified and my sense is they're only going to get larger and as they get larger and larger i mean here's the point guys that um and women Here's the point. When when people realize that the government policy can never stop printing money and that the money is, as Greg Foss says, programmed to debase, yeah. and will continually lose purchasing power. That's when Gresham's law kicks in, which says, get your ass out of that shitty money and put your savings into good money. And Bitcoin is the best form of good money. Gold is the second best form of good money. And so, you know, and bonds are probably the worst form, the worst investment in the world. And that's the other thing. I mean, you've got you've got all these critical moving pieces, one of which is that, you know, bonds and interest rates are going up and the U.S. government has thirty point eight trillion dollars worth of debt. And its average you know, maturity is three years and the average rate on it used to be under two percent. So, you know, it was livable at four hundred, five hundred you know, billion dollars in interest a year. Well, average interest rate goes to five or six percent. Multiply that times 30.8, you know, you're at 1.2 to 1.8, you know, billion dollars a year, or, you know, in interest. I mean, I'm sorry, trillion dollars a year in interest. And so you're just going to blow the budget up further. Well, and, and so, you know, who's going to pay for that? Well, we're going to pay for it because we're going to print the money, which is going to make the inflation worse, which is going to make the guy who's holding. And so 
So these bonds are going to start to get sold and, and that's going to make interest rates go higher. So, you know, what I'm describing here is what I refer to. And a lot of people refer to it's a doom loop. You know, as, as the problem unfolds, it gets worse. And then what they do to try and help it, which is, you know, print money to buy the bonds that makes the inflation higher. And then they have to print more money to buy the bonds, which makes the inflation higher. And you can see where this is going. Ultimately, inflation becomes infinite. I mean, this while, is while you, while you were talking uh, in my head, I, I listened to this music like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's, well, it's a clown are, show. They, it is a clown show, but but you know, at every step of the way, they they don't do what's right. They do what's expedient to try and kick the can. The problem mm -hmm. is that these things they all just start to accumulate, and so you well, get isn't into that the I mean, isn't that yeah. what we see in Europe, right? In Europe, right. I'll believe Greta and they and they shut off all of their own oil and gas. Right. And, and they depend on Russia for all of that, who, right. who is a possible threat at any time. Right. And then they decide, well, okay, we're going to we're going to sanction our source of energy, which is Russia. And they don't think that there's going to get that they will have no backlash from that. We never we never had Unbelievable. That like a great uh, source of gas and like Germany's problem was historically was always like to find energy, like they never had the oil, right? Yeah, right. No, that's right. And so, um, you know, the, the problems are starting to pile up on them and they're starting to come faster. And they're and, and with each iteration, they get larger. I mean, in 08, we printed three trillion dollars. It took three years to do it, three, four years to do it. In 2020, 2021. We printed four plus almost five trillion dollars and we did it in under two years. I mean, the next one, we're going to have to print 10 trillion dollars and probably do it in a year. You know, right. I mean, when the U.S. bond market starts to fail, these interest rates start to go up. The Fed's going to step in and say, we're, you know, we can't have this. We're capping the yield at three percent. The contractions the are getting closer is what you're saying. Yeah. The, yeah. The contractions are getting close. That's exactly what, that's what Preston says. I love that. Yeah. Mm. And so so, you know, the, the, and, the, and the bond market to say, great, sold to you, Fed. Well, what happens when the $30 trillion bond market goes no bid and the Fed has to buy it? So now the Fed's balance sheet's not $9 trillion, it's $39 trillion. So didn't now it, everyone's looking at it. Didn't it so go no bid recently? Going, what's that? Didn't it go no bid recently in the last year or two? Yeah, it did. In March 2020, it went no bid. Yeah, I mean, and that's what that's what brought in, you know, Powell pretending to be Draghi and said whatever it takes. Yeah, and it's and it's been poorly bid since then. I mean, there have been... You know, it's 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 thin and it's going in the wrong direction. So, you know, it, it's common. I mean, you can just kind of see it coming. Now, you know, to us it might feel slow, and to those of us who are in this trade, it's kind of a pain in the ass because we're in those one of those periods right now where the shit's going the wrong way. I mean, nobody no. likes you know a sixty-eight thousand dollar asset that goes to seventeen five. But unless unless you want, to, unless you want more of it, let's want more of that thing. Well, that's right. <laughs> no, that's exactly accumulate. right. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. I mean, it's. Yeah, in a way, Mr. Market's giving us a gift, but yeah. you know, for people who came in late and chased it to sixty-eight, you know, they're 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 getting them, they're being tested. You know, yeah. you know, will they hang on and double down, or will they? You know, certainly, hopefully, they won't blow it out. At the minimum, they'll just hang in there. So you made you made a good point. We went from sixty-eight all the way down to where are we today? About nineteen, nineteen two something. Nineteen three is what I got, but it so, was seventeen five briefly. And I honestly, yeah. I think we could go into the fourteens. I mean. I feel like there's another stock market, bond market, March of 2020 coming um, as they continue with this hiking 
and tough guy campaign. So do you have they're some gonna, do you have some free hike. cash sitting on the sidelines for that? I do. Yeah, I do. You think they're just going to hike till they break something? Is that is that kind of That's kind of my belief. I mean, yeah. or until they really start to see inflation going down. I mean, they realized when they saw what gold did and what Bitcoin did. I mean, they realized it was an existential threat. I mean, you know, Powell's worth 100 million dollars. Well, you know, if they lose the if if the dollar collapses or loses its value, he knows he's dead. Um, and so inflation, you know, scared the living shit out of him. And yeah, having a 1929 and a bunch of unemployment, he doesn't like that either. But in his mind, the lesser of two evils is to is to get this damn inflation under control. And he's intending on doing it. And he will continue, in my opinion, he will continue to be hard and keep jacking rates until such time as either the inflation really does die down or it just becomes untenable and something breaks. At which point, you know, then, I mean, so their mandate is low inflation, um, full employment, and financial stability. <laughs> and they're, you know, they're, they've got close to full employment, although that'll be changing. Inflation's way out of control, and things think, look think, kind of financially stable. Do you think unemployment numbers are are fudged, like the CPI? Oh yeah, are? of course, absolutely. Everything's fudged. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they don't count it the way they did. I mean, shadow government stats has great numbers. I mean, love that site. I mean, yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, they've, they've got all these discouraged workers, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's, yeah. And you know, look, none of the numbers are real. That's why I go back to the, you know, what do you want to hold for five or 10 years? Forget the numbers for a minute. Just, just think about it. Just on, on basic principles, what do you want to hold? I mean, Boobies. a car will be a car, a house will be a house, you know, tools will be tools, weapons will be weapons, food will be food, you know, and then financially, you know, what's, what's money? I mean, the dollar's not money. The dollar is a bunch of shit. You know, money is gold, money is silver, money is Bitcoin. That's, you know, keep it really simple, you know, and, and don't don't obsess on the daily mark to market price. That's that's just a bunch of bullshit based on all their narratives. And we know if there's one thing we know, I mean, if one thing is this whole nation has probably been educated on the last two years more than we ever were in the past. They're all just completely lying through their teeth. It's just complete and utter bullshit. You know, I mean, it, look at look at how they fooled us with this, you know, get us all upset about the flu. I mean, it's, it's, it's fucking ridiculous. They need they need a reason to print money. Well, that's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. I mean, you know, the next one could be war. I mean, who knows? I mean, that's I mean, certainly, you know, if, if they were halfway intelligent, one, they they would never have driven Putin to do what he done. And, and then two, now they'd be trying to work him, work out a deal with him to sue for peace. I know, think Putin was going to do what he did no matter what. That's possible. It's a geographic and demographic equation for me. Yeah, that's very possible. But it certainly didn't help that, you know, we broke all the promises we made post Gorbachev. I mean, and, and we behaved in a very aggressive fashion, you know. True. Now, you mentioned that... Uh, we have missiles in Poland for the terrorists in, the, in Arabia. Exactly. <laughs> not for you guys. It's not for you guys. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. No, no, no. We're pointing them in down south. I'm glad oh, Yellow said something because I wanted to get to Yellow. Uh, we're in a, a bear market right now in Bitcoin. And yep. there, I don't know if you know this, but there are specific rules for bear markets with regards to Twitter. And I want to make sure that uh, Yellow elucidates those for you so you can act appropriately in the near future. Mm. Oh, yeah. So, Larry, I don't know if you know, but... Um, I, I have, um, after some years in this space, 
I have three rules that I go by uh, uh, during the bear market, mm -hmm. uh, which are number one is obviously stack. You got to stack Bitcoin. Number two is uh, we are Bitcoiners and we love to fight. So you got to fight somebody. Doesn't matter the reason. We fight. We fight. Pick a fight. We raise the saltiness levels and we fool those uh, those uh, algos to 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 see that maybe maybe this is a bottom, you know, from the fighting. And number three uh, and most important is uh, build. And if uh, you don't know how to build, uh, just tweet about it. It's basically the same thing. Exactly. Um, those are the rules. Yeah, no, those I I I um I like those rules. I'm on board for all that. Excellent. So when you start a fight tomorrow, make sure you tag Yellow at ICO yeah. Offender Two. Okay. And that way he can document the fight. I say I say he starts a fight with Becca. Let's get this uh, fight going. He with already Becca. blocked her, so that's the fight starting. <laughs> now, the uh, the other thing that we need to address is that uh, we're getting towards the end of our hour, and you've been very generous with your time. I appreciate that. Uh, RD, who we... I got a last question before RD. Okay, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Very quick, very quick. Larry, as a gold guy that uh, understands Bitcoin, right? Yeah. How mad does uh, Peter Swift tweets make you? <laughs> I'm pretty mad. I mean, he's a dick. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I just. Um... You know, I'm, my only conclude the only the only conclusion I can come to is just that he's not very bright. You know, and 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 I I actually was on a panel with him way back when I was at one of these uh, conferences, and I I didn't like the guy very much. He's pretty arrogant. Yeah, because like we we see the guy, we see the tweets, and we laugh about it, right? But like yeah. you as a gold guy, aren't you like a little bit dude? Come on, you like kind of representing yeah, no, I, us look, and you making us for like, like fools <laughs> yeah he just he hasn't really evolved very much i just i don't think he's very smart i mean that's kind of and it's funny because i used to think he was generally pretty smart and he had some good comments on you know the gold space it's not like you know I, I would not have known that and i would not have come to that conclusion until i saw how he handled bitcoin but um you know anybody who's in the gold trade who didn't you know who studied bitcoin and doesn't get it in my opinion they're they're morons i mean they're just they're not very bright so lower tier iq what's that lower tier iq yeah i mean lower tier IQ. yeah i mean that and and it also it also i mean the, I, i'd say the one trend i've seen more, more often than other people who don't get bitcoin tend to be pretty arrogant people you know it's it's mm. if, you, if you've got an inquisitive mind and and you're open-minded you know, once it's explained to you, it kind of becomes obvious. So, yeah. but, you know, or, and that arrogance often kind of blends into the old, you know, the, they're, they're paid nicely not to understand it. You know, yeah. they're threatened by what it represents and therefore and they're that, better. And that uh, difference, like, uh, it's yeah. so, so clear when you see like very bright people that do understand Bitcoin, how humble they are. Right. Well, maybe, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so I think some, and, and and ironically, I also think some of them, some of them understand it and recognize what it, what a threat it is, and therefore they hammer it, and they actually do get it. And for all I know, that Peter's one of those. You know, mm -hmm. um, he actually gets it, and and understands it, but he views it as a threat to the business he's, you know, to what he's done for his whole life and the business he's built, 
he's built. And, uh, you know, my view is you get new information, you change your opinion, you know. Well, why he's worried though much he has diversified it through his son so why i don't get it anyway rd well speaking of lower tiered iq uh rd has a question <laughs> <laughs> wow it's, it's been a bit high iq so far so let's bring it down a bit yeah let's bring it down <laughs> way down okay larry if the if the meme factory did exist and we all know it doesn't which one of us would you like which one of us would you retweet and which one of us would you mute? I like all you guys. I don't know. That, that's, that's not really a fair question. Up. This is not I a fair know. question show. Just no. make yeah, decisions. No, I know. I get it. But I, just, no, I, I mean, it's like the obvious thing know. is like you mute Becca because you have to block. Obviously. Yeah, you, block, you block Becca. Just mute her. Yeah. I mean, I, I, look, I think you guys, I think you guys have a great sense of humor and I think you're all a bunch of good people. So, and if you're Bitcoiners, you know, you're my friends. I mean, I, the one thing I, I've noticed, I'm sure you guys have noticed this too. I mean, have you, I don't, I can't really point to anybody I've met who's a Bitcoiner that I don't like. It's kind of like, I mean, I, you know, everybody's a little different, but there's a certain, when, when you, you know, there's a certain, you know, once you find a Bitcoiner, you, you kind of know what you're dealing with, I think. And, and it's a good thing, you know, so to me, if somebody's a Bitcoiner, I just assume the absolute best about them. So, so who would you like? Who would you mute? Who would you like? Who would you mute and who would you retweet? You gotta answer the question, Larry. You can't oh, I gotta answer the question. Yeah, you gotta yeah. answer. Yeah, gun pointed to your head. There's nothing you gotta make. And it's gonna stick oh, with man, you forever. That's not fair. No, it's gonna stick with you forever. You always figure yeah. it out. We'll remember. Yeah, we'll remember. I don't know. Um <laughs> if it makes you it makes it easier for you, I hate your shirt. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> it's orange, man. It's orange built. It's, it's my this is my Bitcoin shirt. Um, Whatever you do, just don't say Greg because he always gets chosen. Well, yeah, I always I get, gonna, I always I get was, muted. You know, I gotta say honestly, I was gonna pick Greg as the guy I like. So oh. <laughs> that might be a first. All right, wow. so he likes he likes Greg. Yeah. Would you like? Okay, who'd you retweet? Probably probably you. All right. Hey, I, I, let's go. Yeah, I, I don't think I'd mute any of you guys. I mean, I, you know, you're all good guys. We'll just we'll just say that you'd mute Becca. How about that? Yeah. You're... Well, yeah, maybe. I don't I don't know what Becca did to piss me off, but it, it, must, have, it must have been legit because I could have been know. anything. Yeah, yeah could have been. I mean, I tend to maybe you maybe, like boomer maybe, jokes. Maybe sailor talk. Sailor could have been a boomer joke, or it could have been a swipe at gold bugs. I don't know. I mean, I just you know, the, look, life is too short, and when I on my Twitter feed, when I get people giving me shit, I just like boom, you're you're done, blocks. <laughs> yeah. And, All right. and then moving on to the next most important part of the show is Sean's question. Okay, this, this isn't a question. This is a this is an invite, Larry. Uh, just as you may know, Bitcoin having is coming up in 2024. Yep, about 18 months from now, and uh, we are having a party. The Meme Factory is throwing the having party in 2024. And we're throwing it in El Salvador. Uh, I was just down there. We have we have the venue. Uh, I was hanging out with Max and Stacy. They're coming. So uh, so come on down. You're invited. Bring your family. We'll have a good time. It's gonna be a blast, and we'll celebrate the oh, happening. What, what time of the year? What's the calendar time of the year? You think? Uh, it's gonna be like March, April, March or April of 2024. I'm in. I'll do it. Yeah, and uh, and then one more thing. 
After this having Bitcoin will officially have a stock to flow harder than gold. I know that. I'm very much aware of that. Right now, they're about equal. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, Bitcoin, uh, and look, Bitcoin's going to win. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. Um, but the the reason to hold gold is the is the the lower volatility. I mean, I got a lot of clients who are very old and they can't they can't deal with an asset that goes down fifty percent. And the the mat the max drawdown on gold. The max drawdown on gold, you know, historically, kind of looking back over a bunch of years, tends to be kind of about 20% a year. And you very yeah. rarely get two years back to back. So, um, you know. It's, it's, under, it's understandable, you know, if you're yeah. a little bit older. Uh, Especially but, now. Yeah, but if you're younger and you and you can withstand those drawdowns. Oh, if you can, if you can handle the volatility, I'd be 100% Bitcoin. I mean, there's yeah. no question. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you got, if you got a long time preference, yeah. You know, why yeah. you don't need gold. Yeah, I look at my parents and I go, I try to, I mean, they have some Bitcoin, but uh, they're definitely not all in, right? Because right. it doesn't make sense. When you don't need to be all in. That's the other thing. The, you know, the, because of the optionality and, and the asymmetry here, you know, I always just say, get off of zero. You know, 1% is way too low. You got to get to at least 5 or 10%. And then if you want to get aggressive beyond that, great. You're going to be super rich. But, yeah. you know, it's everyone picks their own number. Yeah. Um, so... Having party 2024. I'll be there. Yeah, on, give me, give me the invite. I'll be there. I was, I'm have, you been I, El, have you been to El Salvador yet? No, and I'm tempted. There's a, there's a conference. I'm going to Pacific Bitcoin, you know, the Swan oh, thing. Yes, yep. And yep. after that, Foss is going down there and he asked me to go with him. And I'm thinking I might go down there after that. You should um, go down and, and check it out. I mean, if and if you don't, at least come down and at the having party. Yeah, I was going to say the if, other the having party in, in March, April, that'd be pretty easy. I'm, the wintertime I'm in Florida, so it'd be easy to fly across, get over to El Salvador sometime. Yeah, it's really cool what's going on down there. I'll bet it is. I've heard that. I've heard that. I'd like to see it. There's still a lot of education, right? It's people are going to be normies. So, but it is really cool what's going on. Yeah, it's no, also I, cool that you came here, man. And we really thank you for their time. Oh, I, yeah, look, I, I enjoyed it. It's a blast. You guys are fun. You know? I'm going out to buy some paper gold right now yeah <laughs> marcus marcus you have a question maybe marcus yeah marcus you came in late do you have a question for him yeah i came in way too late i'm sorry guys uh, for the late breaking uh, i don't know if the question's been posed already but i was just really curious about like that whole um uh, executive order report that came out today i wanted yeah, to yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. get out of here oh, okay get it's a good thing i didn't ask you that yeah, we talked about it yeah. watch the respawn yeah, there was some Scroll good, there was some, bad. there was some good, and there was some bad. In that yeah. All right, so uh, Larry. Hey, Rick. thanks a lot for coming. We're at the end here. Right, I want to make sure. fun. Like I say, it was fun, guys. I come back anytime, and uh, Greg, I hope we can uh, uh, link up when I'm in Naples in the wintertime. So. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, we're going to have you back on. I only got through like half the questions I want to ask. All right, well, re reach out and just we'll schedule something else, and and don't you know, give me give me your contact information and, and ping me in January. I'll be there. All right. Absolutely. Now, before you. Get out of here. Uh, yeah. I've got your Twitter bio and your fund uh, website linked in the show notes. Can oh, you, thank you. Appreciate can, that. Can you tell anybody else where they might want to find you? Uh, that's it. I mean, I, if you go to the if you go to the website, there's a lot of free information there. You can get on our mailing list. We won't spam you. We just send you macro stuff that we we write on our quarterly reports. And and um, you know, we are accepting new investors. I mean, just small advertisement. Unfortunately, because of the SEC rules, it's accredited only. So the minimum account's 100k. But um, you know, we, we're always trying to grow our fund and uh, um, feel like we're a pretty good alternative if somebody's looking for a place to park money to protect against monetary debasement. That's really what our mission is. All right. Oh, yeah. 
Larry, thank you again for coming. Oh, thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Appreciate your time. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We'll talk soon. We'll see you. Hello. Thanks, Larry. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.